the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I feel we can say welcome to summer. It's going to be an interesting week for Wall Street. Wall Street, probably the main funding mechanism to get your retirement, if not a home or a combination there of the two. That's why we talk about it. This is a show about retirement. This is a show about income and retirement. This is a show about my life in theory. I don't want to say I'm the greatest tech investor of all time, but in my head, I feel I'm, I'm, I'm in that area. Tech investor, only because I was born at the right time. Late 60s. Created a scenario where I knew technology pretty well heading into Wall Street in my 20s. I've created wealth from what I know. NASDAQ here today, it's up 27.65%. That's something. Again, it makes last year's down feel pretty good. Are we back to where we were at the start of last year? No. SP 500 up 12%. Dow Jones Industrial Average up 2.2% for the year. Last week, the market's notched its fourth consecutive winning streak. Fourth consecutive winning week is the right way of saying that. Four consecutive winning weeks is a winning streak. The SP 500 up four weeks in a row. The NASDAQ up seven weeks in a row. Goldman Sachs has slashed the probability of recession in the next year from 35% down to 25%. SEC Chairman Gary Gensler escalated his war on crypto last week and prices took a big hit for the 10 most common or for the 10 most valuable cryptocurrencies fell by 15% or more. The way I'm following this and I'm not following it well, so this is not advice. Seems like Gary Gensler wants to hurt the speculation on the altcoins where Bitcoin and Ethereum may have the, how shall we say, um, uh, grit, uh, durability length to stick around for a while. Still don't see any functional way of doing business with digital currency that's not really being used as currency by most people just a lottery ticket of I buy a bit from you and you buy it from me and it will see if it goes higher. I'll tell you if Binance goes down, it's going to be hell to pay. There's going to be problems there and there's smoke at Binance right now. Is there fire? I don't know. One that I'm going to pass on and you may be able to figure out a way of understanding this is Reddit. Um, there's some sort of strike going on. There's some sort of protest going on with, I guess, how much they're charging for access to its API, its uh, programming interface. I just don't know. 
I'm not deep into Reddit in any way, shape or form. And it would take me a couple, eh, a couple hours to really get up to speed, I believe. Crazy uh, section of I-95. I-95 is like 101 on the East Coast. It goes all the way to Maine, all the way to Florida. 101, I believe, goes all the way to Canada, all the way to Mexico. A big section of I-95 in Philadelphia collapsed over the weekend after a tanker truck uh, caught fire underneath part of the bridge. Part of a tanker uh, over overpass. Under the overpass. My words today are failing me. Billionaire investor George Soros named his successor. No succession drama here. No HBO series to talk about. Uh, but the 92-year-old man, he was 90, he's 92, is turning over the reins to his 37-year-old son, Alex. Um, I throw that out there because I got to say succession in HBO, changing now Max. Blah, I hate the name Max. Uh, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, dead over the weekend, apparently by suicide at 81 years old. There was a period of time where he was headlines, where he had a reign of terror, sending bombs and mails, uh, letters, packages to, I think, a lot of uh, university professors. But he alluded getting caught for two decades I guess that's pretty impressive, right? Trump's going to surrender to authorities, this time in Miami instead of New York. We talked last time when New York was coming up that it could be a show. I will promise you this. Tomorrow when he surrenders to authorities in the Miami courthouse, it's going to be a show. That's his home turf now. Trump has called on supporters to rally around the courthouse. Um, that's all I got for you. The Denver Nuggets and the Las Vegas Golden Knights are each one win away from clinching their respective championships. And then the boys of summer baseball takes over. I guess it's okay. I'm good with that. Manchester City won a pretty good, well put together game yesterday. They're a pretty top notch soccer squad. Let's turn our, our focus now wall street for today as we've recapped we already crapped as we've recapped where we are year to date and what big headlines hit over the weekend oh it's uh, uh fed reserve week so wednesday we're gonna get the fed reserve decision do they pause and the wall, wall street's looking like we want it maybe that's we've been rallying into it plus we're gonna get on tuesday the consumer price index the producer price index on Wednesday, initial jobless claims and the ECB policy decision on Thursday. Then we get the May retail sales report and Bank of Japan policy decision on Friday. It's a busy week. That's a busy week. Plus, the United States Treasury is issuing debt. It's always interesting to see how excited people get over that. A hot CPI report on Tuesday tomorrow could change the thinking on Wall Street's recent rally. No change by the Fed is the default expectation. What can change and is likely to change and will change is the summary of economic projections that will also include an updated dot plot that captures policy rate projections. 
when will they start cutting rates? Is going to be the next big question? Have they achieved their war against inflation enough that they can take the foot off the brake? Or do they want one more rate hike in their pocket? You know what I hate about this one? It's been too easy to call. Now, I know I may be getting older and just better at all this. It just feels too easy to call. Oracle, which reports its quarterly results after the close today, is up 4% on a research upgrade to outperform from peer perform, adding in part Oracle's ability to capitalize on the AI tailwinds. Oracle's a big data company. They manage your data, and data and AI go hand in hand. Carnival Cruise Line's up 6% after J.P. Morgan upgraded the stock, as did Bank of America. Hey, people are cruising again. Those pandemic fears are sailing in the background now. I got a big event coming up in San Carlos, the Pines and Portfolios. If you want to see where you are in your pursuit of retirement, can you do it? Sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. It's Rob Black Show. It's about two weeks from now. Set up at robblackshow.com. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Let's talk a little bit about crypto. I'm going to do my best here, okay? My depth of knowledge is not great at crypto. I own zero. Doomsayers are out there right now, and they're saying that the death of cryptocurrency, uh, ring the bell, ring the bell, ring the bell. And it's getting a little redundant, right? They've been saying ring the bell, like doom is coming, doom is coming, doom is coming for 15 years now, roughly. Now, the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, and two leading exchanges um, are saying crypto is violating U.S. laws. Crackdown against Binance and Coinbase darkens long-term prospects for crypto exchanges. Critical questions about whether the tokens aside from Bitcoin should be regulated as securities and whether any crypto platform should be allowed to operate in the United States without radical overhauls. If the SEC ultimately prevails in court, which could take years, the industry would face much stricter oversight, forced to play by the same rules as New York Stock Exchange, brokerages like Morgan Stanley, and thousands of companies that are publicly traded. I know more people have been ripped off on crypto to the tune of over $200,000. I shouldn't say ripped off. I should say I know people who've lost over $200,000 believing that what they had was worth something that it wasn't. I'm not talking about buying high and selling low. I'm talking about wiring money, buying product that was hyped. Because I deal with people who have money, they ask me a lot of questions. And people come to me and say, what do you think about crypto? And I'll tell you what. At EP Wealth, I get to interview our market strategist on Mondays. And every 90 days, we do a quarterly review webinar for clients that I share with you, the listeners. If you pay attention to my radio show, I tell you when it's out and how to get it. 
it's pretty cool. Um, it's really good information. But one of the things we ask is for clients to submit questions. And um, a lot of questions two years ago on crypto, not so many questions today. The crypto industry has a libertarian ethos. It's long claimed it should be treated differently. That's a little bit of a problem. Coinbase has even sued the SEC to try to push it to establish crypto-specific rules. The SEC may now press courts to decide the issue with its cases against Bitcoin, uh, against, excuse me, Coinbase and Binance. There's other cases, one involving the company Ripple. The betting is that crypto will adapt and move forth. The price of Bitcoin has stabilized along with other tokens of crypto stocks. The SEC's moves weren't a surprise. There just aren't that many sellers left, especially after the wipeouts that occurred in 2022. Binance, in a very long blog post, said we intend to defend our platform vigorously. It said it had actively cooperated with the SEC's investigations and have worked hard to answer their questions and address their concerns. Kathy Wood's ARK investment is pumping money into Coinbase at Lowe's. She bought the dip. For investors who can stomach the uncertainty in Coinbase's business is an attractive entry point. If you think it's got a long-term future, yeah. So Coinbase would have to delist most non-Bitcoin and Ether tokens and its fast-growing staking service, costing the brokerage 25 to 30% of its revenue. In Coinbase's case, the violation, according to the SEC, includes failures to separate the exchange from brokerage and clearing activities. The United States, in the 1980s, it was legal for a bank to be a brokerage house and a brokerage house to be an insurance house and an insurance house to be a bank and all intertwined. Insurance companies had to give you products that were insurance products and banking products had to give you banking products and brokerage companies had to help you buy and sell stocks. And I believe it was the Clinton administration who basically deregulated so you started seeing banks become brokers like T. Uh, I don't want to say anything incorrect here, so I'm going to be careful. So you'd see a big Canadian bank by a, a big U.S. brokerage company. You get the idea, right? One analyst, a longtime bear on Coinbase, says they're saying that to pretend that everything is okay, cash flow constraints being aside, this is a significant lawsuit from for the existential uh, survival of the company. The whole gospel of institutional adoption is getting thrown out the window because no CFO or CEO of a major bank is going to get their hands dirty with something that they know is going to be under the gun for the next couple of years. I don't represent big companies, but I'll tell you what, no one wants to lose their job because they open up a division of digital cryptocurrencies only to find out they have to shut it down or that customers get hurt in a downdraft. Will the industry be able to rebuild? It's under the specter specter of a couple year lawsuit. And uh, much like a divorce, nobody wins. We both lose. I think that was a Radney Foster song also in the eighties or nineties. Bitcoin has so far dodged the token security debate. SEC Chairman Gary Gensler has indicated support for regulated Bitcoin as a commodity, not as a security. I kind of get that. 
Ether is also has some regulators, notably the uh, CFTC, saying it's a commodity. Combine the tokens account for about seven hundred billion in crypto market value, out of one point one trillion dollar total. Clarity on the questions. Um, it's going to take a while, but there's one case that's going to come quickly. Ripple. They issued the XRP token that the SEC SEC sued in 2020 for selling unregistered securities. A ruling on that case will come in the next couple of weeks, months. So a lot like the stock market watches the Fed. If you're in crypto, you should be watching this this legal suit because it's going to start setting some precedents. The charges against Binance Coinbase do not make crypto uninvestable. But some crypto companies have already adjusted their strategies and moved their operations overseas. That's never a great thing, in my opinion. The SEC wants to send a message to the crypto world that there's no place to hide. It'll take more time to find out if the agency will ultimately pursue crypto into extinction. Never underestimate the United States government and their ability to go after either a celebrity or a a wrongful product in their mind. I go back to Martha Stewart. What, what she did wasn't worthy of jail time, but because she didn't fess up to it, they put her butt in jail. I mean, that Martha Stewart, it was unheard of when they did that. Don't mess with the government. They don't get paid enough. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't want to work forever? Check out the Retirement Planning Guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Let's do a little roundup of some of the headlines out there and scratch our heads together. Twitter stopped paying its Google Cloud bills, prompting concerns about what will happen to some of its services that it hosts there. Since buying Twitter, Musk has embarked on drastic cost-cutting measures, including refusing to pay some bills. His investment, if you will call it that, is down a good 75% now. Um. Maybe eight to ten billion is the numbers we've seen, uh, not the forty plus billion that he paid. That's, I guess, you got to be kind of lucky to say that it doesn't really hurt him much, right? Um, Smiley, the company that Twitter acquired in two thousand eighteen that provides tools to stop harassment, abuse, and spam, is hosted on Google Cloud. Platform is now set to be shut down at the end of the month. Um, Musk has stopped paying some bills that we've heard of. The allegations range from unpaid invoice leases to marketing companies for branded merchandise to rent uh, for Twitter's offices. I'm, I I don't want to say I'm perplexed. It's just a train wreck. Chase has launched a new Freedom Rise card for building credit. This is something I don't need, but it's something my children need. Let's talk about your kids here. Let's talk about the 20-somethings. Chase has unveiled the newest addition to its popular lineup of Freedom Cards. The Chase Freedom Rise is a beginner credit card that earns 1.5% cash back on all purchases, and it has no annual fee. To increase your chances of approval, you'll need to have a Chase checking account with a minimum balance of $250. So you don't have to have any credit history. Getting approved for a credit card can be challenging. For those just starting out on their financial journey, as I like to say, secured credit cards are a good stepping stone, but not everyone wants to tie up funds. Now, a secured credit card 
is my son says, dad, I need to get a credit card because I don't have no credit. And I go, okay, well, let's take some of your, your cash in your bank account and, and get a secured card. A secured card is mom and dad or, or your kid basically opens an, a credit card account, but they will put in $500 into an account that basically says, if I don't pay my bill, you could take the money out of my account. Not the greatest thing in the world. I'd rather have my loose change and my extra money instead of sitting in an account in case my kid makes a mistake earning money elsewhere. But so this is a slightly different card. And I kind of like, see what they're trying to do here. Chase frames this requirement to have an account as a way to give credit beginners access to in-person guidance and education from Chase bankers. Chase says to increase your likelihood of approval, you have to have that credit account, that checking account with $250 balance. It's important to note that the Freedom Rise is specifically designed as a first credit card for those who have no credit history. So if you're looking to fix your credit score, this is not the card for you. Um, I like that it's got some benefits. If you set up auto pay, you get a $25 statement credit. I like that. For the record, I auto pay almost everything. And when someone asks me for a check, I'm like, what's that? Cash is even more weird to me. I, I do auto pay so I don't miss bills. That's that's the online. That's the truth. And it could be, you know, going to a big concert this weekend and I have to fly out of town and I have a bill that's due Monday when I get back and it just slips my mind when I get back and I'm working my tail off trying to get caught up for the work that I missed. I like auto pays. But the right type of person the Chase Freedom Rise could be worth it if you've never had a credit score opening the card and taking advantage of the educational resources it offers. Great first step in learning how to manage your finances responsibly. Once you've established a positive credit history, you could be eligible to apply for more lucrative reward credit cards like the Chase Sapphire Preferred. Um, sounds like it's a little bit of a commercial for Chase that I'm doing here. I'm just telling you, it is important to have a credit score, in my opinion. Because when you do have a credit score, one day you're going to say, I want to buy a house. And the first thing the mortgage lender is going to do is going to run your credit. What we're finding now is that housing has become so unaffordable that over 75% of homes on the market are too expensive for middle-income buyers. The housing affordability crisis has priced middle-income buyers from a majority of homes is what that means. There is a shortage of housing supply, which has hit middle-income buyers the hardest. Thanks to elevated mortgage rates, the housing market is missing around 320,000 homes. Priced at 256000 or below. The maximum price of a middle-income buyer earning $75,000 they could afford. So if the middle-income buyer is earning $75,000, they could afford a home of 256000 Of the 1.1 million listings on the market in April, middle-income buyers could only afford 23% of them. That's less than half of what we could do five years ago. When around 50% of all listings on the market were considered affordable for middle income. Three metropolitan areas with the largest inventory of affordable homes 
are located in Ohio. Middle of the country, flyover state, call it what you will. El Paso, Texas, Boise, Idaho, Spokane, Washington have the fewest number of listings considered affordable. So not only do you have to have a good salary, but you have to have that good salary in an area where there's homes for sale that everyone else who has a good salary in your neighborhoods, uh, in your geography, so to speak, aren't buying homes because then there'd be no inventory. U.S. housing market slowed in 2023, which with a higher mortgage rates sidelining both buyers and sellers. There's an inventory shortage that could last for the next several years. Housing has never been so unaffordable for Americans. Affordability is also unlikely to improve until mortgage rates ease, which will incentivize more homeowners to list their properties for sale. It's interesting. You know, I started the show today by saying, welcome to the first day of summer. Uh, my kids are out of school. One of the things that I can tell you about that over the weekend, very antidotal. I live at the end of a long road in a subdivision. And it's interesting because my wife earlier in the week said, wow, there's like no homes for sale. And then over the weekend, there was three homes for sale. Just the moment school ended. Some parents, I am supposing who they are, said, I'm, I'm out. Got my kids through the great school district. I'm out. So uh, how do you feel about affordability? It's a bit of a drag question, isn't it? Netflix password sharing crackdown is off to a solid start. Real solid start. Netflix has had four of its largest U.S. customer acquisition days in over four years in the last two weeks. JP Morgan expects 33 million households that share passwords to convert to paying subscribers by the end of 2025. You might not like it. It seems like Netflix used to encourage it. But on May 23rd, Netflix began charging U.S. subscribers $8 to add another user to their account if that person lives outside the account holder's household. The change was meant to stop the proverbial ex-boyfriend's cousin's friend from continuing to watch someone else's Netflix account. In the first six days after the clampdown, Netflix said they had the four single largest days of U.S user acquisition in the four and a half years that they've been tracking it. Are they going to have a good quarter? They're going to have a good quarter. There's been some backlash, the crackdown from upset customers with the cancel Netflix hashtag picking up steam on Twitter. Let's go back to Twitter for a second. Doesn't it feel like we're all checking in a lot less? 15 years ago, I when I first got into the Twitterverse, it was really, really solid, I thought, for finding news in case I went out of the town and got a little too, stayed up too late. Um, I don't dance, but let's say I danced too, too long into the night. <laughs> um, it was a great way to get in the morning and just like say, hey, let's let's scan through 100 news stories and figure out what we're going to do on TV today. Consumers are notoriously prone to overstate their willingness to cancel services in survey, so it comes no surprise if far more than 38% actually do come back to Netflix fold after getting the boot. So surveys are basically saying, 
that people would stop using the service? Not so much. JP Morgan analyst said he expects 33 million households globally that share passwords convert into paying subscribers by the end of 2025. Now you do the math there and you do 33 million times. Let's say the average is about $12 per account times 12 months. And that's a material amount of money. Netflix also recently rolled out a lower price ad supported tier in the United States, which is going to help mitigate subscriber losses. These are good days for Netflix again. Anytime you have over 100 million subscribers and you have some pricing power, you're in a pretty attractive position. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Markets open higher. But the S&P 500, the Dow, have trended lower in the couple hours the market's been open. The NASDAQ is trending a little bit higher as the morning goes on. It's a very crowded trade in big tech stocks right now. And I own big tech stocks right now. I created a lot of my wealth on big tech stocks right uh, over the last 20 years. And I, I'm the first one to tell you it's very, very crowded. Um, NVIDIA, Microsoft, Amazon, AMD, Meta, Google, Apple, all higher today. Weakness in Target again. Don't know what's going to happen to Target. There's a lot going on. There's the threat of a recession or slowdown. There's the higher interest rates making buying a little bit more painful if you're using a credit card. But on top of that, they're dealing with organized crime, doing hit and runs. I saw over the weekend, was it a Kohl's? Where two women stole a shopping cart full of goods and tasered the security guard on his way out. And I just go, wow. And they screamed at the guard, you can't arrest us. Several Target stores in Oklahoma City Metro briefly were evacuated after a bomb threat that looked like a high schooler sent it in an email to news organizations saying, shall we play a game? We've hidden bombs in multiple packages in Targets. Let's see if you can find them before they blow up. Time is ticking. And you're like, that just seems like a bad episode of CSI. But the reality is, am I afraid to take my kids to Target? No. But if something bad happened, would I say, why don't we just buy it online? Probably. Is shopping getting that bad? There's an article today in the San Francisco newspaper talking about how some hotels are just given up in San Francisco. And... I say this on a regular basis and something that I would never have thought of saying 25 years ago when I moved to the Bay Area. I'd rather take my kids to Oakland than downtown Oakland than downtown San Francisco at this point. Um, And that's just or park at the venue in a garage and, you know, try to get food real close by. Like I'm that I'm that conservative of a parent now. I'm that worried of a parent And that's unfortunate. 
San Francisco is a beautiful city and the fact that crime has gotten bad that I, we all know someone who's had their car broken into for basically nothing. My ability, I, I can go back to work at Cron at any point in time and be live in studio, which is a pretty cool thing to do. But I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Driving 45 minutes to have my car broken into, not my idea of fun. So we got that going on. Some other things to think about in the world of headline news today. J.P. Morgan received a settlement or reached a settlement because the right way of saying it with victims over Jeffrey Epstein cases. J.P. Morgan Chase has reached a settlement in a class action lawsuit with victims of the financier Jeffrey Epstein. Epstein was arrested in 2019 on federal charges, accusing him of paying underage girls hundreds of dollars in cash for massages and then molesting them at his homes in Florida and New York. He was found dead in his jail cell on August 10th of that year. Age of 66, the medical examiner ruled it was death by suicide. Do you remember dessert in the 1990s, death by chocolate? Nothing to do with death by suicide. But J.P. Morgan Chase basically go on the record saying, yeah, there was some financial notes or something. Something that warrants a settlement. Oracle earnings day is here. They're going to report tonight after the market closes. They're considered a big play on artificial intelligence. If you're a gambler, you might say, huh, maybe I buy it in case they say the word AI 27 times during their conference call. I don't know. I don't play that game. Inter Miami gained so many Instagram followers after announcing Messi was joining. They're now the most followed U.S. team by beyond NBA franchises. So Lionel Messi is coming to play in the United States. It was announced earlier in June he'd be joining the Inter Miami team. In less than 24 hours, millions began to follow the team's Instagram page. That's fascinating, isn't it? Um, the two top people on Instagram. Messi has the second most followers with 470 million. Ahead of him is Cristiano Ronaldo at 589 million. Keep in mind, the United States, we're impressed with the Super Bowl if it gets 100 million viewers. These guys get 589 million viewers. If they were to post, hey, Coca-Cola wanted me to share this message with you that have a Coke and a smile. Coke's paying for that ad. And Messi and Ronaldo are making bank. Got to manage that image, though, right? To give you some comparisons, the best soccer. No, 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 no. Um, so Inter Miami went from having 1 million followers in early June to 7 million on the day that he signed. No NFL team, MLB team, or NHL team compares. What? You have to jump to basketball to see the comparisons. The New England Patriots have 5 million followers on Instagram. Inter Miami has 7 million soccer. Second, the Dallas Cowboys with 4.9 million. Now you get to the Lakers, they've got 23 million. So they're still, you know, way ahead of a soccer club, Inter Miami. But it's worthy of note. Um, that's already going to pay dividends for them. And uh, would I consider taking my family to Miami for a soccer match to see Messi? And to see Miami? Hell yeah, I would. 
Money well spent. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening. Join Rob Black in San Carlos Sunday, June 25th for Pints and Portfolios, a less formal event at a local watering hole for those close to retirement with 500000 or more in investable assets. Drop by Sunday afternoon from 1 to 4 for a little sunshine, some financial chit-chat, and a complimentary portfolio review or financial snapshot from Ryan Ignacio, CFP from EP Wealth Advisors. Whether you're on the road to retirement or already there, this financial snapshot can provide you with a second opinion analysis of where you are and highlight areas for improvement and opportunities for growth. Go to robblackshow.com and click the events tab. Find Pints and Portfolios and click to register. You'll answer a few simple questions about your situation, and your confirmation email will provide all the details on the event and how to schedule your portfolio review. Space is limited and registration is required, so go to robblackshow.com today. That's robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.